0: Hello and welcome to Two Old Guys on the Back Porch. I am Steve Scotch, and we have the lovely and talented cat, that's C-A-T, chopping down the cherry tree. Cat, get this thing rocking.
1: Hey, how y'all doing? we can be found on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all your premier podcast platforms. If you like our show, please hit that subscribe button. We also can be found on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, We have two shout-outs this week. One is Disputana, Virginia, out there in Prince George County. We're a big fan of the Loves Travel Shop with the Arby's in it.
0: Great truck stop. It's
1: a great truck stop. And Xenia, Ohio, is a city of hospitality. The Greek word for Xenia is meaning hospitality. It's a great little town out there in Ohio. Giving you all a big round of applause.
0: alright alcohol is never in short supply here on the back porch I'm I'm fighting the winter cold I'm losing the fight but we found out years ago if you take top-shelf bourbon add a little touch of honey in there and shoot it on down it does make the throat feel better so I'm gonna uh, pop a couple of those Hopefully, hopefully don't get a little over-the-top intoxicated, if you know what I mean, trying to mix up the medicine. cat. what you got?
1: I just got me a very tropical uh, Mai Tai tonight.
0: Ooh, I do like the Mai Tai. All right, today, I hate to do it, not really. We're going to expose some of the major sports leagues here in the good old U.S. of A. And by expose, I mean point out the obvious. And the word that I will be overusing today is called sandbagging. Now, sandbagging, if you don't know, it is putting sand in a bag. Like if you need to build a bulkhead or seawall or hey, there's a bad storm coming. We better get some sandbags out there. But today we're not we're not going that way. We're going with the other definition of sandbagging and that is to not perform to the best of your abilities. And look, I, I know this has been going on since major sports leagues were created. So I guess you're going to go, why are you going to whine about it now? Well, that's what I'm getting ready to tell you. Now, most podcasts we do, we do like to tell you why we're bringing up these certain discussions. Now the trigger for me on this podcast came like a week or so ago. I, I cut on an NBA game. <clears throat> I don't watch the NBA. I'm just a sports guy. I just sports junkie. I just jump around, hit the hit the channels. And there he is again, sitting on his ass in these street clothes, and I'm talking about Steph Curry. I, now he's back on the court now, I'm sure. But I've seen this cat year after year after year. He sits out game after game after game with, with some different bullshit, okay? His knee hurts, his ankle hurts. Got he a commercial broke to do. a nail, whatever it is. Look, Steph's only gonna play some of the season. You got LeBron James. LeBron Braun, year after year after year, He's going to miss game after game after game. It's some bullshit. Same bullshit, different year. Okay. Uh, who else? Uh, Kevin Durant. He, his pinky finger hurts. His big toe is sore. It, it's a, the whole thing's a freaking joke. It, now, here's a sandbagging forecast for the NBA year after year. There's so-called stars... They're not going to run up and down this hard court 82 games a year. It ain't going to happen. These dudes I mentioned, and there's many more, they've been playing basketball since they were kids. And even though these cats aren't old, their bodies are. So at at some point during the season, they're going to bow out, then come back. It happens over and over again every year. Come back at the end. Make some run to get into the playoffs. It, it's that simple. It goes on and on and on. Now, you, you go, why, why is this bothering you? Why is it bothering Steve Why Scotch? is it bothering you? I'm going to tell you why it bothers me. All I want is a little honesty. That's it. Just come out and say, hey, Steph's elbow is sore from jacking up all those threes. Okay, he's really not that hurt, but he's going to let the old bones take a rest. Now, LeBron James, I- he's even worse, okay? I- at least Steph will sit on the bench in his bad choice of clothing. When, Le- when Braun gets hurt, he doesn't even sit on the freaking bench. Okay, my point, these guys are professional athletes playing professional sports, and their efforts come and go like the freaking wind. You know, people pay three, four hundred dollars for a freaking ticket, okay? And, and just say your average Joe, like me, and you're only gonna go to maybe one NBA game a year, or maybe one every five years. I'm never going to any of them. But you know, you get your ticket in advance or whatever, gonna take your kid, and you get out there, and, and here comes, look down on the court, and there's these ham and eggers out there that you don't even know who they are. And then they make some announcement, oh, Kevin Durant isn't feeling well tonight, so he won't be participating. It, it, it's a, the whole thing is a joke. you know. And then you got these, let's not forget about the fan duel, barstool idiots who are betting on these three-point contests. I mean, that's not very smart of you anyway, If you're betting on the NBA, you do like to gamble. But but really, the only bet you're really making is who's gonna try tonight and and who's gonna sandbag it. Now the NBA, they're not the only villain in the world of sandbagging. Oh no, the NFL does it right in front of your freaking face. I need to take a sip. Bribbon and honey. Give it a try. The NFL. I'm going to say it right now. When I see the same thing happen over and over, my eyes work, my ears work, my five senses, even though I'm old guy on the back porch, are still working. I see this shit right in front of my face. Let's look at the Rams 2021 season. They come out of the gate, smoking everybody. Then three-quarters through the season, loss, loss, loss. You got the ESPN dudes. They're on there crying. What's wrong with the Rams? What, did they peak too early? What's going on with the Rams? I'll tell you what went on with the Rams. It's called sandbagging. They're in the pre- playoffs already, No problem. So let's take the foot off the gas, cruise a couple games, and then smoke everybody at the end. And what did they do? They went to the Super Bowl and won. Magic. Now let's look at the Buffalo Bills this year. Exact freaking same scenario. This shit has been going on for years. Buffalo comes out of the gate, smoking everybody. All of a sudden, halfway through the season, three quarters, lost, lost, Josh Allen, the quarterback, he can throw a football through the eye of a needle. But I watched him. It was a Jets game, and then it was a game after that. I can't think of who they were playing. He threw it directly straight to the defensive backs of the other team. Nobody was in front of him. The receiver didn't fall down. I don't want to hear none of that excuse bullshit. I saw exactly what that dude did. And then what happens next, end of the season, Buffalo comes out and starts kicking everybody's ass again. It, it's a, You can see it. It, it, it. Why don't you go out there and just rip everybody a new one if you can do it? They're not going to do that.
1: Because they want you to continue to watch the game.
0: This is my theory. Now, about Buffalo, they haven't won the Super Bowl yet. When this podcast comes out, we might be a week or two from the Super Bowl. I'm not sure. Wifey's in charge of that. (laughs) So (laughs) Here's a scary thing. Dallas Dallas might win the Super Bowl. They're playing the 49ers next, who has a quarterback who got thrown in there mid-season. So, the Cowboys could actually luck their way into the Super Bowl. Let's hope not. I was a Cowboys fan, as I told you a while back, but Jerry Jones, Dak Prescott, that whole thing's a joke. So anyway, I digress. This is my theory on these freaking teams going out there sandbagging. In case nobody noticed, look over the last, I don't know, five or more seasons. Look how many teams are eight and eight. Well well now they're nine and eight or eight and nine because now they gotta play seventeen games soon to be 18 games because the nfl they got one thing in mind and that's separating you from your money that that's all this thing's about now you know there's so many teams playing 500 ball because it keeps fannies in the seats it keeps the fans watching keeps you watching at home hey my team still has a chance we still have a chance to make the playoffs because everybody's 500 so you got to watch it right on down to the end of the season. I'm no freaking fool. I see what I see. It happens over and over again. And and here's another scenario where sandbagging is so freaking obvious in the NFL, the NBA, it's the end of the season. Your team has no freaking shot at the playoffs. But you do have a shot at getting the number one pick in the draft. you got a few games left. They're meaningless. Let's go out there and sandbag it and get the freaking number one pick. Uh,
1: you go Unless to the ga- you've already traded away your previous choices. Oh, and then you're the at number 13.
0: Oh, that's the Washington Commanders. Oh, so th- they put these dudes out there who haven't played all year. And now they're in the starting lineup. Under the disguise of, uh, we want to look at some of the other guys. It's a freaking joke. And again, you've got losers betting on this shit. And people paid hard-earned money for the ticket. And what they get are teams not competing at their highest level. Here's a perfect example. The wifey's a Washington Commanders fan. The last game of the season for Washington this year was against Dallas. Okay this game meant absolutely nothing absolutely now, nothing now because they, they
1: screwed up the week before
0: well they i know washington blew it but they hyped the game up that if dallas won they could be the number one seed. but of course they had to have philly lose the sun revolve around the moon the stars line up molly cyrus actually sing a good song all this stuff had to happen for Dallas to get that, it, it wasn't going to happen, but that's the way they played it. Now, if you watch this game, we're in Virginia, so Washington is like our closest local team. Okay? Correct. So we get them every Sunday whether we want them or not. We, we cut the game on. Dallas comes right out of the gate, and the punter fumbles the ball. No big deal. Shit happens, right? Then Washington punts, and the punt return guy, he fumbles the freaking ball. Wash- it
1: was a comedy of errors. It,
0: the game was a joke. and it, 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 Dallas was out there pretending like they gave a shit. It was the worst sandbagging act I've ever seen. This made it even worse. worse.
1: I went out and did work outside rather than watch it because it was so bad.
0: Mike McCarthy the piece-of-crap coach for the Dallas Cowboys. who sucked for the Packers, and now he's sucking for the Cowboys. Uh, check this out, Mike. There's a workout facility at, the, at Jerry's fucking penthouse. How about going over there and doing some uh, curls or something, dude, and mixing a salad? Normally, he just stands there on the sideline like a statue. But magically at this game, He was out there rah 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 jumping up and down, patting the guys on the ass. He was coaching them up. It it, it made it look even freaking worse. So here's here's how it goes. Dallas gets out there, fumbles, stumbles around, looks like the Keystone Cops. Washington had a rookie quarterback in there, who never played a down, Correct. Dallas made him look like Johnny Unitas. There was one play where this Washington had the ball on like the 15, 20-yard line. This rookie dude, I can't even, Holmes or something, All I right. can't even think of his name. He backs up, runs up the middle. Four Dallas defenders pump faked on the tackle. In the end zone, the guy goes. It was a joke. One of them stuck his arm out. The other two watched him run by, and the other guy tried to grab him around the ankle. It, usually when the quarterback comes across the middle of the field, they try to take his head off. They let this guy dance pirouette into the end zone. It was a joke. Dak Prescott produced zero offense. Zero. Uh, let's see. Dallas punted like nine or ten freaking times. I watched the game. I saw it. Are you going to tell me, that, that game was legit. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, hell, it, it's bullshit. All of it's bullshit. And I didn't even have a dog in the fight. I could care less. And again, here we go. You got your fan duel, bar stool, toadstool losers betting 100, 200 bucks, whatever it is, on, on this freaking joke. Check this out bar stool losers. Take your hundy and take your girl out to dinner, okay? Don't be a moron. All right, next, we have the NHL. More sandbagging from hockey. You know, the sandbagging, it's almost like the coronavirus. There's so many variants, it's unreal. <laughs> so I'm a, everybody knows I'm a Caps fan if you listen to any of these podcasts. I've been watching them since the beginning. And I see, like I said, my eyes are open. We got HD television. I can see this shit going on right in front of my freaking face. All right, it's game after game. All right, if, if you've listened to any of these podcasts, you know I'm a Washington Capitals fan. have been watching them since the 80s, which is basically when they started. I see what I see, okay? It, this is happening right in front of my face, game after game after game. Overtime, shootout, overtime. One goal game, shootout. Over and over again, I want to see the Caps beat the shit out of somebody seven to nothing, or get the brakes beat off of them ten to nothing. Do you think it's a coincidence that these games go right down to the wire every freaking time? That's a hell to the no. Now, some them, I'm going to call out. I'm not. I have watched some of my favorite players on the Caps. I'm not going to name them. TJ Oshie, Eric Carlson and others pass the puck directly to the players on the other team. They're skating 10 feet away from them. I watch this shit. They pass it straight to them. And you go, well, well why, why would they do that? Because the Caps are up by two or three goals, and nobody, everybody, fans are losing interest, right? Who's right. watching this shit? So let's let them get a cheapy. let the other team score. Let's keep it interesting. It's called sandbagging. I've seen it over and freaking and over again. Now, my last point on sandbagging, and I think I've proven my point quite well tonight or today, whatever time you're watching or listening. I'm taking sandbagging to a very, very low level. I played on a billiards team years ago. It's just a Wednesday night, dudes going out, get out the house, drink a pitcher of beer, play pool. This is just a little Wednesday night playing pool league. And at the end of the season, there's like a playoff thing. Well, in this league, you got rated from like seven to three. Seven being top player, three being like I was, not very good. Well, Teams that knew they were in the playoffs, they would take their top-seeded players and have them lose at the end of the season, the last couple matches, so their rating would go down to, like, a six or a five when they got down to the playoffs, and so when we get in there, each team had a captain. So my captain would go, "Steve, this guy's a five man. I think you can beat him. You can take him." I get out there. I I I took one shot and dude cleared the table. Okay. <laughs> it's a, so it, uh, I'm like, "Are you serious? Sandbagging in a in a in a in a billiards league." But I, I saw it happen. But w- you know, here on the back porch, we're all about the positives. So I'm going to help out you young bucks out there. Young bloods, pay attention. Pay, pay attention. This is where sandbagging can help you young dudes out. Hopefully, you have a girlfriend. Let's say you take your girl bowling. Don't get up there, throw a couple spares, a- and show off with a 124 or 136. Don't do it. She's up there, gutter ball gutter ball. If she throws a gutter ball, you throw two. Listen to what I'm saying. Don't be a fool and get up there and win. sandbag it, dude. Sandbag it. I'm telling you, if you don't, it's going to cost you later. All right. Remember, keep the sandbag in your back pocket. It can be a good thing. All right. We're going to roll right into we got one tough, awesome lady. Yes, we do. I remember her from school slightly. Do we have this is Steve's history lesson? uh, uh. Wow. History lesson from Steve. Joan of Arc. You know the name, but do you know how badass she was?
1: Tell me how badass she was, babe.
0: Born in 1412 from the northeast of France. Can I say France or did I say France?
1: can say France
0: she was born with nothing crickets had nothing but she was led by the lord lord the lord told her at 17 years old she went to charles who was not the king yet right and she said let me go whip some englishmen's asses that's what she said and she did it what was it the siege of M- the siege of orleans right winter The Loire Campaign winner. Now these victories boasted the morale of the French army, that led to France, I guess, finally winning the Hundred Years War. Right. Joan of Arc. Now, decades down the road, things went a little sideways. Uh, They lost the siege of Paris, the siege of can't say it, Charite, Charite, something. But Joan of Arc would not give up. She she organized her own company of men to go against, can't say it, Burgundians?
1: Burgundians.
0: These dirty bastards, they were actually French. Yeah. But, but sided with, with the English. English. That's how, asshole, I'm not taking up for the French, but you stick up for your country. The right. Burgundians, Burgundi, what are they called?
1: Burgundians. What
0: a bunch of dirtbags if you're from that ancestry. All right. So Joan, she got captured, right? turned over to the English, and they t- strapped her to a piece of wood and striped a match, and that was the end of it. But let's remember how badass Joan of Arc was. She, during this time, she was wearing men's clothing.
1: She also had a bob haircut, which right. the bob hair really didn't have any <laughs> until the 1920s. <laughs> okay.
0: Way back then, girlfriend was was like, check me out. I'm feeling like a dude. I'm dressing like a dude. I'm kicking ass. Okay. <laughs> Basically, the first feminist. Can right. we say that? And
1: she didn't really, wasn't involved in active combat. She was more of a leader, right. I guess. Right. She's she a also had a bad temper. Don't good. get on her... Bad side. I so.
0: like that. I don't. I don't have one. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. She's a
0: what declared a patron saint of France, right? And that makes Joan of Arc one tough, awesome lady. <laughs> what you watching, now?
1: Okay, what we're watching. I watched a new show on HBO called The Last of Us. It's based on a uh, video game made by Naughty Dog back in. 2013 it's pretty good it's basically the series starts 20 years before having a mass fungal infection and gave a large global pandemic it's it's uh your lead protagonist is Joel who's a smuggler and is escorting this teenager Ellie across the post-apocalyptic United States and it really is good it started out with like a um talk show like i would guess the early 70s discussing you know a pandemic can't be just a virus it also could be a fun- fungus what is it on it is on hbo and oh, it's okay. a brand new show All um right, cool what's really good is i listen to a podcast the two guys craig and neil talked about how you know how they created it
0: bob and neil right, yeah,
1: craig and neil mm-hmm.
0: oh, that's the other one
1: <laughs> anyway the guy who did Chernobyl—if you ever got to see that on HBO—that is something worth watching, and that's who they hooked up with Learned to something. create this this um, TV show. And it, you know, and it's it's not quite as corny as the other one that was on AMC. Yes, there are zombies and stuff, but it's yeah. a whole lot more budget went down with this. So all right, cool. s- it and I'm not the only one thinking it's great. Uh, it's like. 95 on Rotten Tomatoes. So give Eh. it a look, see if you've HBO or HBO Max.
0: And the name of it it. again?
1: Is The Last of Us.
0: All right, give it a go. All right, we're heading into Cocktail of the Week. This one's a little vague. Uh, Wifey whipped it up for a little Christmas bash we had. It's called The Rum Punch, which. It's basically rum and any fruit juices you want to mix Anything
1: you can find there (laughs) in the the grove over there. Bring it on in.
0: All right. Pay attention. Sorry. When I hit the P words on this microphone, I'm trying a new microphone, and when I go P, I'm getting (laughs) P. But that's what happens. That's
1: a particular problem, isn't it? Sorry, babe.
0: All right. Write this down because my rum punch is better than anybody's. Uh Uh-uh. This one's a shaker. Even though... The idea of a punch is like just to bake a big, batch, in, yeah. a big like batch. Yeah,
1: like we did for Christmas, just put a big old batch in there. All right,
0: but here's what we're going to do. Shake or fill with ice. We're going to go with Bacardi, a shot. We're going to go a dark rum. Let's go Captain Morgan, shot. Pineapple juice, shot. Orange juice, half shot. And then a quarter shot of lime juice, quarter shot of grenadine. So you've got your six ingredients in your shaker. It sounds complicated. It's really not. And, you know, maybe... It you know is
1: fruit f- juice heavy, but, you know.
0: But it's got two shots of liquor in right. it. Right. And the other shots are cut really short. Right. And usually you have orange juice, lime juice, maybe not pineapple or grenadine. You go get that. It's really not that hard, not complicated. All right, shake the shit out of it. Now, pour it in a... Uh, like a tall glass like, like a, a
1: hurricane glass I-
0: exactly throw a little cherry in there but watch yourself on the rum punch this is one of those ones you know what i'm going to say it, it's sneaky good it's a sneaky one yep i mean three or four and you lot would be buzzing pretty good
1: okay rum punch was bit embedded in the 17th century as alternative to beer for shipmen who worked for the british east india company of cool. course if you're going to jamaica or Cuba, yeah. or any of that area. There's plenty of what rum, uh, and yeah. there's also some fruit, fruits around. So that's easy to make, and it it's.
0: Them Jamaicans put a hurting on me with that rum punch. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> all right, today we were bumpered in with one of Kitty Cat's favorite bands. It E-yow. seemed like we we're doing all her favorite bands. We well, just did. it's
1: b- not a bad thing.
0: Talking Heads. It's not. Yeah. It's not the Talking Heads. It's Talking, talking, heads. talking heads. Formed in. 1975 from New York City.
1: Well, they also first started in Rhode Island. With oh, the okay. Both They all went to the Rhode Island School of Design. Oh, wow. They're in Providence, and okay. they started in 1973. Wow. They were, stru- they were first called the Artistics, and they changed their name to Talking Heads when they moved to NYC.
0: It's David Byrne, Tina Weymouth, Sharon Harris. And that's all the Talking Heads have ever been. You know, at the beginning, they were, I'm going to call it raw, simple. But they they, they were an art band. Yeah. Um, You know, the first album had, of course, Psycho Killer on it, which it made people pay attention. And actually, that song was about a serial killer. Killer, Um, Son of Sam. Right. Is that that piece of garbage?
1: He was back in, what, back in 78 or something like that? That's
0: when it yeah. was. And, and the Talking Heads, it was the 70s there at CBGB's that smelled like puke and piss. They were in there with the Ramones, Blondie, television, all those bands. And, and they got to hone their craft there, get up there and, and do their thing. And then it was just great album after great album. They did more songs about buildings and food, fear of music. Remain in the light. Speaking in tongues is great. Little Creatures is where it kind of it got commercial. They were MTV, but th- they
1: did a whole series towards the end that was very video heavy. But that was to me with them, that was just another form of expression since they were all art students to begin with.
0: Well, the songs on that album were great. Right, that was like. The Heads had done a lot of stuff before that, but I just noticed my friends and the general public kind of took notice of Talking Heads when Little Creatures came out. Right. Everybody bought that album, everybody.
1: I have a huge poster downstairs that would stop making sense. The, the um,
0: To me, that's their best creative venture. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if you've never watched that DVD, get you a bottle of whatever you want. There's a... a
1: Movie called True Stories they did back in the eighties down in Dallas that was really that was a little weird. That's yeah, but that's them. They they're gonna do weird.
0: Well, I'm saying if nobody's ever saw Stop Making Sense that DVD that concert, right? Sit there and watch it because it's so good. The songs are so good, and you you already know it. He just builds it and builds it and builds it as it goes.
1: I don't know. I have two bands that I can just listen to, just tell Alexa play this it's usually either the Smiths or Talking Heads they're my favorite well, gotcha. two bands love them baby always probably will be <laughs> of course oh. Alexa's over there talking about it
0: Whoa, well, you mentioned you know what sucks about the Talking Heads is David Byrne he, he pieced out they, they went on for I don't know 15-20 years it was like 1991
1: but 96 the three three others tried to come back with they just called it was called the heads and
0: didn't they did an
1: album called no talking
0: i don't know i just it, it, the, the way he left the band they they found out by some article in the la right. times it was very i mean why come on dude you've been playing music riding in vans with these dudes for 20 years you couldn't sit down with these people who who I understand very day
1: class A David.
0: I mean he's he, just everybody like your knows he's David
1: a, Bowie impression there on New Year's God, Eve. God
0: that was wretched. David Burns is a, is a freaking genius. He's, he's a, a genius very and he's a very guy. musically
1: talented. It's just I it's sometimes I think some of his choices like that New York show he did that was it great was right before freaking the, great. But... It's, he had it before the pandemic, and then he came back after the pandemic and did it, and it was great. But a lot of the songs, and it was from what? Talking Heads.
0: I don't know. I just, I, I don't understand why you you couldn't sit down and talk to the guys and girl. Right. All those years making that great music. And again, what kills me about some of these guys, you know, uh, we'll throw Morris in there, whatever. Oh, he's another one. I understand you wrote the lyrics. You strum three chords. You told them, hey, I like this bass line. But the people
1: behind you weren't hired hands. I
0: I know. You created this stuff together. And and if you want to stop and take a break or not do it anymore, just sit down at a table and go, hey, you get 15%. You get 15. You get 15. I get the rest. And we walk away. Don't be a – this dude, I, I don't know. Here's something else I didn't know. One of the greatest bands ever. Radiohead, they got their name from a talking heads song, Radiohead from uh, your true stories album. Right, I had no idea. Anyway, they did do a couple songs in 2002 when they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But as far as them getting back, I don't know, David Burns kind of blowing it. But anyway, talking heads, uh, I don't want to say. Check them out wherever you get your music. If you don't know who the Talking Heads are, get you need to crawl out from under the rock. Anyway, we want to thank the Talking Heads for creating all of this great music, and we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll see you all down the road. See
1: ya.